if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, the next uh, successive weeks in Advent, we'll be going through Luke's gospel and the first two chapters looking at those original gospel carols. But if we can begin with prayer, let us pray together. O come, O come, Emmanuel. What a beautiful name that is for you, Jesus. God with us. Thank you for being a God who loves us. Thank you for being a God who would become one of us. Thank you for a God who would save us through the shedding of his own blood. Oh God, come. Come and be with us again this morning. We ask that your spirit would be so present with us through the preaching of your word, that you would shine your truth, illumine your word and into our minds. Give us ears to hear your voice, Jesus. Give us hearts to believe in your truth, our great triune God. Give us grace and mercy and strength to walk in a manner worthy of your name, Emmanuel. Come and be with us and receive glory. Come and be with us and change us into the image of your son. We pray this in his powerful and matchless name. Amen. We have an unspoken rule at the Jake's home. It's this, is that there will be absolutely zero, none, not a one, Christmas carol or Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving is over. Are you that way? I mean, it seems to come earlier and earlier. Uh, you want to celebrate Thanksgiving, and as soon as Thanksgiving is over, well, it's okay. Pull out the Christmas carol playlist. Do you have one? I do. Uh, turn your radio to those stations that play 24-7 Christmas songs. Are you there? Have you gone there yet? When do you start getting sick of them? Never. Never. All right, very good. Well, really, after Thanksgiving, it does become uh, in vogue for us to make sure that our house would be filled with Christmas carols, Christmas songs. Uh, uh, and again, my, our station's tuned to those that will remind us of the joy of the season. They say this is the most wonderful time of the year. And the most wonderful time of the year, can you believe it, has its own genre of music. I mean, what other time of the year do we stop and have a different uh, type of music? Our Christmas carols become prevalent, and everybody seems to be wanting to get in on making Christmas music. All right, let's be honest, folks. We're family. We can do this. How many of you like Duck Dynasty? Oh, man, come on, join me. Do you know they have a Christmas album out? <laughs> Duck the Halls. I'm not making this stuff up. They do. They have a new Christmas album out. Uh, you can go and download that. Don't download it during the sermon, though. It might not work. I don't know about you, but my favorite, maybe the perennial favorite, is Amy Grant's Tennessee Christmas. Anybody know that one? Something beautiful about that. Uh, Christmas music it certainly covers a broad uh, topics, a broad range of meaning. I mean, we got everything from Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer to Josh Groban's Holy Night. Have you heard that one? To me, it's like, it's like the first time I, I heard Adele, my kids still make fun of me. The first time I heard Adele sing, I, I had to stop and say, whoa, that was a voice. And the first time, I, I got him right now, the first time I heard Josh Groban's Oh Holy Night, it was kind of like one of those goose pimple moments, like, 
man, play that thing again, shed tears. Uh, so you got everything from grandma got run over by a reindeer to, oh, holy night, they'll be coming to us. But for me, I will say, and maybe it's my age, give me the classics. I mean, I want those Christmas songs that connect me, connect me to my upbringing, connect me to those who have gone before me that are now with Jesus, connect me and remind me that we have a heritage that's been passed down to us. We have a hope in this Christmas season that Jesus has come to rescue us. Well, this Advent season, this Christmas season, we'll be looking at the original Christmas carols, the original carols of the classics that are given to us in the book, the Gospel of Luke which I love the fact we've been just journeying together through Acts. And now uh, the writer, the inspired writer of Acts, also the inspired writer of the Gospel of Luke, gives us four songs in the first couple of chapters, poems or songs. Maybe they were sung, maybe they were recited. And each week we're going to look at those four, one of those four songs. The first one this week is Mary's Magnificat, Mary's amazing song and what does it mean to us. Next week we'll look at Zachariah's song. Uh, that he would sing. And then we would see in the third week, the, an- uh, the angel's anthem, how heaven itself at this time of year had to join their voice in praising the king that would come as a baby. And we'll look at that angel's anthem. And the last one is Simeon's song and the significance of that song for us. Well, here's what we're going to do. Each week as we look at a song, we're going to look at three different components of the song. First of all, we're going to look at the singer. Who was it that sang this song? What's significant about them? How do we learn about Jesus through them? How do we relate to them? How are they like us? So the first thing we're going to do as we look at these songs, we're going to look at the singer. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to look at the setting. Uh, what were the circumstances? What, were the, what was the setting that we find ourselves in or the singer finds themselves in that causes them to burst forth into song? And lastly, the song itself. What does the song say? How does it point us to Jesus? How does it shed light on what Christ has done for us? How does the song make sense of the Christmas story? The most incredible story that leads us to the most wonderful time of the year. So let's turn into our inspired hymnals or God's word. We'll look to Luke chapter 1. This morning I'm going to read verses 46 through 55, which is Mary's song. Uh, We will come back this morning and pick up a little bit more of her story. But let's be mindful that this is a song that's not just uh, written for us to uh, receive uh, pleasure or amusement from. That this is a song that is sung in the Bible that's inspired by God himself. And this is a song, if we get this song according to how God has originally given it to us, we will be drawn into the song. And we too, by God's grace... And through the work of his son for his glory will be singers of this song and other songs of Christmas. Let's hear God's holy and errant word as given to us uh, through the song of Mary in Luke 1. I'll start with 46 and read through uh, 55. God's word. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of this of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. 
And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of a humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, please give us the grace, the grace to understand this song. God, give us for your glory and for our life the ability to sing this song too. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. The first singer we have is the Virgin Mary, the one who Scripture will call the favored one. Think about that for a minute. Favored of God. Can you imagine a more beautiful title given to anyone in all of Scripture? To be called one who is beloved, one who is favored, that is of Mary. Let's look a little bit more into the life of this wonderful young gal, this righteous one. And let's look to God's word in Luke chapter 1. Let's pick up more of the story of this singer in Luke 1. I'm going to read 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings. Listen in. Oh, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, how will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. On April 11, 2009, on a stage that was there for Britain Has Talent, 
a 47-year-old, pretty frumpy-looking, good-sized woman uh, made, made her way onto the stage to sing. Now, for those of you who say, now, wait a minute, can you call somebody 47-year-old, 40 and a full-size? Yes, I'm 48, frumpy and full-size. I related to this woman. Her name was Susan Boyle. And as Susan Boyle took the stage, there was kind of a snicker in the crowd as they were having this talented people come in and perform, who is this frumpy, old, full-size woman? And what was she going to actually do? Simon Cowell was one of the judges, and if you know him, you know he was kind of looking uh, down on her, smirking, uh, asking her what she wanted to do. She said she wanted to always be a singer. And she wanted to be a talented singer. Boyle sang a song from Les Mis. I dream the dream. And she was into about five words. And the whole place just stopped. And they listened. And they were amazed. Because what was coming out of this woman's mouth was the most beautiful of songs. And within just moments, they started to rise. And for most of the songs, she sang with a standing ovation. The same year, her single album debuted. And it became, you ready for this? It became in England the number one grossing debut album of all time. And this is a place that had bands like Beatles and Rolling Stones. I mean, amazing what this woman has become. And by the way, I'm not making this up. She has a Christmas album out this year. Well, Mary is the original Susan Boyle, not in age and not in appearance, but that diamond in a rough, one who unexpectedly sang the first Christmas carol. Mary, she was poor, humble, most likely a teenager, and yet a godly woman. Susan Boyle sang, I dream the dream. Mary lived the dream. Mary lived the dream, and because of that, she says, I magnify the Lord, and her spirit rejoices in the Lord, God, her Savior, because Mary is about to give birth to God's Son. Mary's about to give birth to her long-awaited, our long-awaited Savior. It was Mary, the most improbable of singers, to sing the first Christmas carol, to be God's mother, to be the one chosen to bring a savior into this world. But I love what it says about Mary in God's word. It says, Mary believed Gabriel's message that she would bear a son. You see, she is favored. Mary is blessed because she believed the promises of God. God's grace came upon her. And although she says, the world can never know and never understand, maybe. But I believe that God has appeared to me in the form of Gabriel. I believe that his promises are true. I believe, and she says, in absolute heroic fashion, may this be done unto me for the glory of God. You see, Mary is blessed because she believed 
It makes me think of the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of John, at the end of the Gospel of John, Jesus has appeared to his disciples. And it's amazing because his life continues after the cross. And because of the resurrection, everything changes. And heaven's been opened up and our sins have really been forgiven. And we now really have new life in Christ Jesus. And Jesus has appeared to the apostles and he, he's appeared to others and, and they cannot believe their eyes that he's really alive. But there was one who traveled with Jesus, one who was there for three years, one whose name was Thomas. And he says, I'm not going to believe until I see. To me, Thomas said, seeing is believing. And the Greek and the John is very emphatic when Jesus finally appears to Jesus, or when Jesus finally appears to Thomas. He says, Thomas, grab your hand, thrust your finger into my side, see and believe. And Thomas, before Jesus said, my Lord and my God, my King. And Jesus went on to say, blessed are you for believing, but more blessed, listen, more blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. We have this Advent season, the amazing privilege to be joined Mary and also hear the word blessed. Do you believe in God's promise that Jesus has come? Do you believe that Jesus has come to, to rescue you and me from our sins? Do you believe in the ludicrousy that a virgin gave birth? Do you believe in the, in the absolute incredible story that God would send a savior through a teenager named Mary? If by God's grace, you believe, you too, like Mary, are blessed. You're blessed for believing. You're blessed for believing. In Christ Jesus, you're blessed for believing. You're blessed. You're blessed like Mary. You are blessed of God, the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit, if by God's grace, You've come to the place and you say, I believe that Mary gave birth to God's son. The original singer. The original setting. The house of Elizabeth. Elizabeth and Zechariah, Mary's relatives. Let's look at the, their story back in chapter 1. Uh, we will read verses 39 through 45. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste. Hmm, why? Into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Interesting, doesn't say she greeted Zechariah. We'll hear more about him next week. Zechariah couldn't speak because he was told of another miraculous birth, John the Baptist was coming, but he didn't believe at first. So God made him mute. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby, which is John the Baptist, leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed, she says, listen, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. The setting. Let me ask you a question. Where would you go? Where would you go if you were pregnant? A teenager? A virgin? 
highly favored in God's eyes, where would you go? I would imagine you would go to a relative's house. I would imagine you go to a relative's house who also is conceived miraculously, not as miraculously as Mary has, a baby, one who was known as barren. I would imagine where you would go with it was someplace safe. Because imagine where she says, I love this, it says, she went with haste. Because <laughs> can you imagine trying to explain once again to your parents and to your friends and family? Now let's go over this again, Mary. There was this guy named Gabriel, right? You said Gabriel, right? And he talked about something like overshadowing something, right? Now, now you're pregnant, right, Mary? Now, you're telling me you and Joseph, you're engaged in Joe, but you're telling me that he's not involved in this, Mary? Really? Is there someone else, Mary? I mean, can you imagine Mary trying to explain to friends and family that she's pregnant with the Messiah? <laughs> that this is God's son she has, and so where's she going to go? She's going to go to a place that's safe. Do you know that? Have you ever needed to be to some place that's just safe? Have you ever needed to go to some place you just are going to be accepted? That's where she went. And amazing, because Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, calls her blessed. And I love Elizabeth. I mean, not only is this a safe place, but listen, listen. This is a blessed place for Mary. The setting in which this song takes place, this is not only just a warm, comfortable place. This is a place that she will be uplifted and told that she is blessed. Why? Because she believed in God's promises. Blessed are you, Mary. Because God came to you out of nowhere and gave you the most credible story that ever has been told that you, a virgin, are going to give birth to a son. And that son's going to be fully God and fully man. And Mary, you believed it. And because of that reality, you are blessed. See, this is what this place should be for us here at the church. It should be a place that we come in from the world that says, you guys still believe in the virgin birth? I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, we live in the 21st century. You still believe in, in this Christmas story? I mean, you really think that they, angels appeared and overshadowing of Mary and that God would come to earth through a teenager and be fully God and fully man? You still believe that craziness? You say, we do. Don't forget, if you do, you're blessed. If you do, you're blessed. And this should be a safe place that we gather and we sing the praises and we're reminded that, yeah, blessed are we by God's grace that have not seen but yet believe. And the setting of this great song was a blessed place for Mary. And then you have the song in verses 46 through 55. In the first part of the song, we see thanksgiving for God's mercy. Let's look again at 46 through 55. And Mary said, my soul, it magnifies the Lord. It just, it wants to reflect who he is. And my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. I love this. It's both soul and spirits. It's both intellect and emotion. It's all that Mary had. Everything that Mary had says, I want to sing praises to my God, my savior. She knew the one who was, she would deliver would rescue her. She was a sinner like us. And she magnified the Lord and said that her Savior was to come. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, now from all generations will call me blessed. 
For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, not hers. And what he has done is for the reason we call her blessed. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. She sang thanksgiving for his mercy. That God has sent his son. God has sent his son to rescue you and rescue me. Listen, listen. God sent his son not to crush us. God sent his son to to rescue us. Isn't that good news? Holy God could have sent his son to come crush us. But he came and rescued us. God sent his son, it says, to, to serve us and not to be served. In his mercy, in his mercy, God sent his son to come and do that that you and I were supposed to do, but we failed to do. Live a holy life. He, in his mercy, he sent his son to become the spotless lamb of God so that we could become the holy children of God. In his mercy, God has sent a savior so that all our hopes and fears may be met in him. He sent his son into the darkness and the light still shines. Not only the thanksgiving for his mercy, but celebration of God's power and judgment in 51 through 53. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in their thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. And he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. Do you hear the words of Jesus on that Sermon on the Mount? Blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who are poor in spirit. Blessed are you who know you need a Savior. Blessed are you that know that you're broken. Blessed are you that know that your sin separates you from a holy God. Blessed are you that are empty. And you've turned to God and said, fill me. Blessed are you, you will be filled. She celebrates the power of God. And I love the power of God that we see in the manger. The almighty creative power of God wrapped in cloth being fed by a teenage girl. You see now his power is judgment. It's judgment that Jesus himself will become our sin. He will hang on the cross. He'll become our curse so that we can have life and life abundantly. Celebration of God's power and of his judgment that is righteous. And lastly, remembering God's promises and deliverance. Verses 54 and 55. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. I bet you're thinking, how in the world does that have anything to do with God's promises and deliverance? It has everything to do with that. In that passage, it says this. He says, he has helped his servant, his son, Israel, And who is the true Israel are those blessed ones that believe that Jesus is Lord and King. And he has helped us. He has lifted us up. And how has he done that? He's done it through his promise to Abraham and to his offspring. And if we we know a little bit about God's word, some light should be going off for us right now. We should be remembering that, oh yeah, there was a seed that was promised way back in the fall in Genesis 3. And we've always been longing for a Messiah to come. And the promise made to Abraham and to his seed that a a savior, a king, would come and rescue us. And that promise has been fulfilled through Jesus. 
because he is Abraham's true seed. Listen to Galatians 3.16. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say into his offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one. And to your offspring, who is Christ? It's basically saying this, Mary singing the reality that, God, you're the one who remembered your promises. You promised Abraham you would send a seed. He would come. He would rescue. And that seed is right here, Mary said, in my belly. And listen to what that seed does. Galatians 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, and it had come as we just had seen, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born of Mary, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you and I are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. He is saying, she is singing, We remember God's promises and deliverance. The light wins. God's promises are fulfilled. Sing, Mary, sing. You've given birth to God's promised Messiah. And in him, Mary, you will be made a part of God's family. In him, in Jesus, you and I can be called adopted sons of our God in Christ Jesus. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus to all that he owns as the obedient righteous son. What promises and what deliverances. You see, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, Mary's Magnificat continues. We get to continually sing this great carol again and again and again. The greatest of Christmas carols. And here it is. God is merciful. Christ was given to us. God is powerful and his judgments are true. Christ has conquered sin and death for us. And God remembers his promises and he's delivered them to us through the salvation of his son. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the amazing paradox that we see in this story. That through a humble, poor teenage girl, you would reveal your almighty power, your amazing mercy, your just judgments, and deliver on every promise you ever made to your people. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for humbling yourself to the point of the womb, to being born of a woman under the law so that we, we might be called blessed for believing, so that we might be rescued as children of the dark and brought into the marvelous light so that we might become the adopted sons and daughters of a king named Jesus and joint heirs with him. May we always sing that song for your glory with our lives. Come Holy Spirit 
and feed us again. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.